Welcome to episode 15. I'm going to explain the title before we even go anywhere further. But, um, we wanted to do a podcast on the single life because uh, me and Alicia kind of have the same story. Uh, mine is still playing out. <laughs> I was going to say. Hers me. ended. So, but she has a lot of experience and a lot of really funny stories that I was like, you've got to share these for people that are in the waiting game or who have friends that are single because I feel like this is helpful. Yeah. Um, and uh, so one time me and my sister Stephanie were talking and I was like, man, I just like, like she, you, everyone is always like, you need to get yourself out there. And I'm like, <laughs> where? <laughs> I don't know where to go. Like my <laughs> life is like, I work at a church. I go to this church. I have a like background type of job where I'm like in the background constantly. So I'm not really like up front. Like if I was a greeter, maybe I'd meet more people, but I'm not. I like am in an office on Sunday morning or I'm sitting in service and then I'm on back the in my row. office. Yeah. So there's not really like a lot of mingling for me in my life. And so I told my sister Steph, I was like, man, I'm like, I like, I give my life to Jesus and I pretty much live at the church. I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually became a none. <laughs> I was like, this is my life. I'm a none. So this whole podcast is all about um, just the struggles with singleness and also the perception of it and then the great joy of being single because I feel like it comes from both angles there. And if you're constantly looking at it as like a horrific thing, then you're not going to want to be single and you're going to make bad choices. So this is just to share our experiences, um, how we have overcome certain obstacles in our life. But before we move any further, I told Alicia that she's got to share some of her like horror stories because she's dated some doozies and she's had some really <laughs> great dates. So you have to share one. Like what was like on the top, like the worst date you've ever been on? So it's not going to sound like the worst date, but let me, <laughs> let me explain to you why it was. How about the most awkward? Yeah, okay. I love awkward. So I was working at a church in Oklahoma City and what was your age? Like how old were you? Uh, 27, yeah. 27. So, um, working at a church and I met a guy that was going at the church. He was a soccer coach, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, like Zach Morris, say by the bell <laughs> type guy, you know, so my dream boat. Right. <laughs> so he asked me on a date. I'm like, this is awesome. Well, in Oklahoma city where I was living, there's this really, really nice restaurant. So he said, I'll take you there. I was like, awesome. So, um, we went when well, he's acting really awkward in the car and I was like, but I thought maybe this is normal cause it's our first date, you know, but I'm the more awkward I get, the louder I get and just the more <laughs> energy you're just trying to make it right. Yes. <laughs> so we get there and we're the waitress or not the waitress, the, um, the hostess was really like giddy when she saw <laughs> us. And I was like, why are you being weird? You know, like, you know, when you feel like somebody knows about a surprise party that you don't know about, that's how she was being. Yeah. And I was like, it's not my birthday. So <laughs> you need to calm down. So as she's walking us to our table, the people that are around the table we're getting at are all staring at us. And I'm like, what is happening? So when we sit down, he's like got this long poem that he no. has written that is sitting on my side where, you know, we're going to be eating and there's flowers and all this stuff. This is our first date. I get that that's like, you know, maybe as a single person, you're like, that is amazing. No, no everybody thought no. he was proposing. So everybody's watching us. And I just wanted to stand up and to announce to everyone, this is our first date. No one's getting engaged, you know. So it's fine. Um, so we had the first date, you know, whatever. And it was great. But I've always done this. And I'm just going to share this with you. I've always prayed. 
God let the hidden things be revealed. Tip number one. Yes. Pray that always. Yes. <laughs> so I was praying that. Well, we were hanging out like a couple days later, and I don't know what we were talking about, but literally out of the blue, he said, sometimes I have an issue texting young girls. I said, oh, I'm no. sorry. And he goes, did I just say that out loud? So fast forward, <laughs> he ended up needing to get help because that was something was happening. He was a soccer coach and he was like texting some of the girls and shouldn't have been. And so he hadn't done anything, but I'll just say it this way. He hadn't had an issue with pornography. So I ended up being able to get him to a care series. He got set free, ended up telling his testimony six months later at our church. We stopped dating because, you know, <laughs> he realized he needed to work on some things. But it all worked out in the end, and he was set free, and a year later, I met Brian. So wow. Yeah. So, you know, it works out. But I will tell you, so I, I want to say this. If you're listening and you're like, I'm not single, so I don't know if this is going to do any good, the principles we're going to talk about, because I do want to hone in on this, sometimes we're uncomfortable in the season we're in, yep. um, and we want to get through that season quickly. Singleness is one of them. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason you're in the season you're in. Yes. And you don't want to go faster through a season than you're supposed to because you're being prepared. So I want to say that. So just yeah. know, even though we're going to tell funny stories and talk about some stuff, you might be in a season, in a job, in a situation that you are uncomfortable. Um, you wish you could fast forward, but there's a reason you are where you're supposed to be. So I want right. to say that. That's so good. Um, when I was younger, my the first guy I ever dated, I was almost 16. He was a pastor's son. PK. And yeah, yeah. And he came. So we were living in Arley, Alabama. You will not find that on the map. <laughs> Um, we had to give the local sheriff our address to even, because if we would have called 911 where we were living, they didn't know where it was. That's how far out on the lake we were, but it's fine. Um, and so um, dad was working in a church in that area, and then we moved back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I had started dating this guy, and um, so I remember he came to visit me, and I had, you know... I, I had never held hands or anything like that. So he, you know, he was taking me out on my first date and mom was like, oh, just make sure that you let him open the car door for you. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So he took me to Red Lobster. And um, I remember him getting out of the car and I was like, okay, mom said, don't do anything, you know, cause I'm just real aggressive and, and stuff like that. And he walked all the way to the front door, <laughs> literally. So, and then turned around and he put his hands up in there like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you sitting there? Why are you still sitting there? So I was like, well, that was stupid. Thanks, Mom. And so then uh, we went to a movie, and he leaned over, and he pet kissed me. Well, it freaked me out. <laughs> I went home, um, and so he was staying in my brother's room. And so I, what? you know, yeah. So later on that night, I went into Mom and Dad's room, and I was crying. And I literally was like, I'm a whore. I said <laughs> no. that. And Dad's like oh my gosh, what did you do? You know? And I'm like, he kissed me. He was like, oh, chicky, you got to chill out. Go, <laughs> go to bed, you know? And I remember just panicking. And I remember I was just not ready. And so well, he was, oh I know gosh. he was flying home and mom was like, because he was already talking, like, I see us <clears throat> getting married. And I was like, this oh, is 16. too much, you know? Well, yeah, because I mean, it's like in your mind, you think you're old, but you're not, I you know? So, yeah. And he felt called to youth ministry. And so was I. And so it was this whole thing. And so uh, mom was like, don't break up with him. <laughs> like, let him get home for a couple days, you know? <laughs> but as soon as he called me and told me he was home, I was like, just so you know, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> so, so I didn't date for a while till... um I think I was 17 or 18, dated a guy at the church I was going at. 
Um, we both were working as like uh, youth leaders and everybody saw us getting married one day, but that one didn't work out. He did propose to me without a ring, but he threw up right before he did it. Um, so, cause he was so nervous, but he didn't even have a ring, but he was getting ready to go on an internship for six months. So he was saying, Hey, I want to, you know, and I was getting ready to start Bible school. Um, but we just grew apart. Um, he started to get really weird and over spiritual. I'll just leave it at that. So, cause I don't know who's going to listen to the podcast. So I'm not going to give too much. Um, then from then, um, you did some online dating, right? Well, you're going to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause I, I did. Well, I, cause people say, get yourself out there. Right. And they're so like, the I, only way yeah. is the, so I had a whole staff at a church I was working where I'm working at a 6,000 member church in Oklahoma city and every, and you know, couldn't meet anybody there. So everybody's like, you got, you got to get yourself out there. So online dating, John Piper met his, I don't know. People always use stupid people, like not stupid people, but always use like examples. So they're like, you got to do that. So you get, and I'll tell you what I don't like about online dating. And if you met somebody that way, or you're meeting somebody great, what I didn't like about it is every day my mood was shifted by how many people liked me or poked me or whatever you call it right. on those things. I don't know what they call them. Well, now it's like swipe right. I yes. Think. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it was like, you're, if somebody was interested in you, but it was so difficult because as soon as any of these guys found out I was a pastor, it was like, you're a what? Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm 27, 28. I was a college pastor at the time. So I did have a guy fly from Dallas to come and meet me. He was like, um, like what you would call one of those, like, uh, I mean, not a meathead. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be rude, but a like, jock. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of like that. And so it was real uncomfortable. Then there was another guy. He was his picture did not look like who he was. So as soon as he showed up to the restaurant, not and like he drove from Dallas. You, but like not maybe... catfishing me, but I'll just say it this way. If the wind had blown just right, he would have just totally like been like a tumbleweed. Like he was a twig. And that's just not like if you know my husband, I'm just like that is just not my my type, you yeah. know? And, but I could tell in our conversation, so immediately attraction wasn't there. Then in our conversation wasn't there, but he would came up for the weekend. Like he had gotten like, so I just quickly had to just tell him nothing was there, but he had always made sure any picture he put up was just his face, not anything else. So (laughs) I don't know. It was real bad. There was another guy that was going to come fly, and then I just called him, and I was like, just don't. Like, I just know nothing <laughs> like, is here. This isn't going to yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. And then there was another... I remember there was a guy I was leading worship with um, at a church in Tulsa, um, and I started to kind of like him, and I remember... Because we were just good friends, and... Um, I remember one day walking out from leading worship and I was being weird because I could tell that I was starting to kind of like, like him, but he wasn't like what I had always pictured, but his personality was just great, you know? And he goes, I know why you're acting so weird. And I was thinking, oh good, you're going to open up this conversation. (laughs) He's like, you're wondering why a guy like me would ever like a girl like you. Oh no. No, that wasn't what I was thinking. Um, so that crumbled really quickly and made me feel. <laughs> I feel like you, you see guys as like their their motives or their their the things that they hide real fast. Like it's all of a sudden it's just revealed. Like you didn't yes. have to get like those relationships didn't last a really no. long time. It's pretty fast no. for you. And that was one of the things I learned. And I'm just saying, if you're single, I learned. You know, when my first would you say boyfriend pet kiss me? I decided that I was not kissing until I got married or engaged because I just didn't, I wanted to be able to clearly 
be able to figure stuff out, yeah. you know. And I had right before Brian, um, literally, I think, yeah, right before Brian. So we're talking December, January. I met Brian March 20th, okay? There was a guy that I really started. I even brought him to the house. I don't know if you remember, um, mm. but I'm not going to say his name because, like I said, I don't know. You know. <laughs> but, um, but I started to realize I think he was like he didn't have cable and he didn't you know. Yes, but I was the guy like, who used you for the the scr- flat screen TV. Yes, you had. Yep, yes. And when, like when he didn't feel good, I went over and took care of him and brought him crackers. I stayed up with him that <sighs> night to make sure he was okay because it was really bad. Um, and so you know because I knew this can't look wrong because when somebody's throwing up, no one's gonna be like, oh, "Are you doing something?" You know what yeah, I mean? So. Exactly. Um, but I even remember buying tickets for us to go to Michael Buble because, like, he didn't have any money. Like, that yeah. was a bad thing. Oh. That should have been an indication. But I remember just wanting to be with somebody so bad. That was kind of a low point for me because I realized what I was doing was I was – he was just not that into me. Right. And I was, like, thinking I could convince him. Yeah. And I would just really say you shouldn't have to convince a friend, mm-hmm. a guy, a yep. girl – to like you, it should be like I didn't have to convince Brian, right? You know what I mean? It was like when I'm he awesome knew, here. Yes, you're this type yes, of thing, yeah. and it should be that way. And what is really neat was I had met Brian on March 20th, and for some reason this guy showed up like a week later at my house to like I don't know. I mean, cell phones worked, so I'm not really sure why he just showed up. I don't remember what happened, but I wouldn't even let him in. And I was like, well, I'm seeing somebody. So, And I just shut it down because I was like, I'm not playing this anymore. Like, yeah. you had a chance, and now I'm I'm liking somebody. Right. And I was very bold in the sense I found a note that I gave to Brian. So we met at a youth camp where I was leading worship, and he was preaching. And he was preaching the night that I led worship for the first time, and we flowed together um, if you've ever been to our church or a meeting that we've done, what we do now is what we did naturally the very first time right. we met, which is crazy. And um, but we also so we talked after the youth camp, and then he was going to meet in Tulsa because I was living in Oklahoma City, he was in Arkansas, and Tulsa was halfway for both of us. We yeah. could just both drive an hour and a half, and that's where we live. So it was yes. like our house. So was we were like going to meet ground, there, yeah. and I I left a bag because that's what I do. I did it this last trip we were in. I left the diaper bag, folks. Can we just pause for a oh, second? Man. Literally awful. left the diaper bag in the vacation home, and they tried to get us to get it to us in time. They couldn't. I'm like tearing up to the asking the lady for a diaper, and I didn't even realize that I had all our diapers and another carry on that I had with me. It's fine. I figured out once we got home. Mess. So I spent like twelve dollars on three diapers and a bag of wipes at the airport. <laughs> it's it's okay. fine. Let it yes, go. but you so, left a bag where I left the um, I left a bag at the camp. Oh, so he was going to bring that to me, and he said I also want to see if what we're feeling is going to go past, you know, because when you're ministering together, like, you know, I've been on mission trips before and you think you like somebody and then right. you get off the mission trip and you're like, oh, it was just the emotion there. Right. We wanted to make sure what we were sensing was real. I knew it was. <laughs> I just knew he was questioning. But here's the thing with Brian. He had been previously um, a couple years before that he had been engaged to somebody and, you know, called off the wedding a month before. So mm-hmm. understand he had been at a place where he thought, I know the person yeah. I'm supposed to marry. So there was different fears he was dealing with that I wasn't, but I found a note and the note was like, you know, I'm excited for our first real date, but I'm not even questioning where this is going. Like That's it was this like was your note to him. Right? Oh, it's very yeah. bold. Yeah, like I went was. and read it. I was like, I mean, you're pretty much telling him, Alicia, that you know you're going to marry him. Right, right. <laughs> Which we met March 20th. 
he figured it out quick enough because he proposed on July 4th and we were married September 6th. So when God, but I say this to say the way that I pictured my life, I was going to be married young. I was going to have kids young. That didn't happen. I didn't have kids till I was in, you know, late, late thirties, around 38 or 39 is when I had Jaylee or 37. Um, But the preparation time that I had was so vital and something that I even realize now by being on the other end of the story is, you know, making sure that I'm not saying things to people that make it feel like, oh, at some point you'll be complete. Right. Like, oh, that's make, what we yeah, have talked about. Is share that. Like I, I, cause I had frustrations too, because it's like a lot of times it's, it's almost like you don't want to tell people you're single because there's this weird, like, there shouldn't be, but there's weird, this embarrassment of, like, yeah, there's no one who wants me type yeah. of thing. Or there's something wrong with you. Like, right. I remember my grandma, I remember our grandma <laughs> going, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean what by you that? Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, she, because you see someone, like, I'll perceive someone and be like, oh my gosh, they have such a great personality. They're so nice. They're so sweet. Why are they still single? Why didn't right. someone snatch them yet? And a lot of times, like, people would compliment me on something but in the way they would compliment me like i i love to cook hate grocery shopping absolutely hate it my mom yep. grocery shops for me i'm like shamelessly saying that because yes. i don't care um she loves but it. i love cooking i love new recipes i'm like really into korean food right now love cooking <laughs> and someone told me like oh my gosh you'll make a great wife one day and i'm like but why can't i add value to myself why is that narrative so strong of oh you're doing self help for yourself that'll yep. make you a great wife great wife one day or that'll make you a great mom one day right. and all that kind of stuff and for me i've been kind of like stepping back even with my single friends of being like listen what you're doing is great for you and no yeah. one else because it doesn't matter who comes into the picture you are valued who you are you are yes. complete in who you are and who's God called you to be, you don't need someone else to finish that for you. No. And like we say all the time, you are not a half meeting another half, yes. making a whole. Yes. You are whole. Yeah. Meeting another whole, and you just get two yes. that become one. The math yes. doesn't make sense, yeah. and that's fine. <laughs> God's logic doesn't ever make sense to us anyway, so that is great. But I think a lot of times we look at single life as like something that we should be ashamed of. And for me, my dating life is like, it's really tiny. <laughs> it's very, very small chapter in my life, but I had known this guy in youth group for like a year and he, um, we decided to date in like August or something like that. And this was like a month before he moved like four hours away to college. And so I was like 19 around this time. And I thought I was so mature and I was like, right. I am so ready for a relationship. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do the, you know, 16 year old relationship. I was like, I'm going to wait till I'm mature. Um, but it was honestly, I'm just going to wait till someone gives me attention. And that's kind of where I was just going with that. I, I didn't, if I looked back on it, I didn't like him, like him. Yeah. I just really liked the attention that he was giving me. And so you actually helped me break up with him because yes. <laughs> I'll never forget. <laughs> All I know is we had been dating for like two months and he was already gone. Like we, I went on a mission trip right when we started dating. Um, and then he moved off to college. So like we literally had three dates. One of the dates is my, my favorite cause it's hysterical. We went to Ruby Tuesday and he was like, this is how much my mom said is on the gift card that we can spend. And I was like, <laughs> cool. Is this how dating works? <laughs> is this how this goes? Um, so like we didn't really see much of each other during dating. We were we that were closer when we were friends, honestly. You've never told me that about the gift card. You I know ne- what? 
Oh, I yeah. I would have had you break up right then. Oh, then we also went to uh, Steak and Jake, <laughs> and he watched, like, the TV the whole time because a game was playing, and I was kind of like, I'm uh-uh. here. Yeah, it was yeah. really bad. Um, so. It's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> really sad. <laughs> so. Um, I really wish Ruby Tuesdays, they didn't tear it down because I'd take you back there and say, order whatever you want. It's really crappy, though. I don't like I know, it, but yeah. that's why they That's why they tore it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one more. It was a Tuesday morning. I remembered very distinctly because all of a sudden I woke up. Alicia just walked into my room, t- picks up my phone, opens up my message app, takes a picture with her phone because it was before screenshot happened, and goes and looks at me and is like, you just tell me when you're awake and we can talk, and then walks out. And I'm like, what did I text him last night? Because I know she opened up that, that we texted. I'm like, what did I text him? I'm like trying to wake up. I'm like, why isn't she at work? This is Tuesday. She's supposed to be working. So then she comes in and she's like, so he's been texting his ex-girlfriend. And like it was a lot of other stuff that was going on. And I was like, okay. And she's like, do you want to break up with him? I'm like, yes, I do. 100%. She's like, well, you probably need to break up with him. I'm like, yeah, when should we be doing this? Like, And then I like <laughs> called him. And both of my sisters, Tina and Stephanie, like I thought I was by myself outside like breaking up with him and I look behind me and they both are like sitting on the lawn watching me and I'm like go, go away like this is this is our family is very close we are very very <laughs> close so it was just a whole thing and it that was like the last relationship I went on one date after that and that was about it so like that's my history with dating like I yeah. just and I've also realized I've come to the realization that I'm I'm not a very like approachable person so I'm very like shut off if I'm doing something I'm very task oriented yeah where I'm like, if I'm at the gym, I am working out. If I'm at the grocery store, I am here to buy groceries when I'm barely ever there. So that was my whole thing. But everyone's always like, put yourself out there, do this. And I'm like, I don't like what's out there. I don't don't want to go out there. And here's here's the thing. (laughs) I I put myself out there and I didn't meet anyone. I met Brian in the most unlikely situation. And I would love for it to be sound spiritual. Um, It wasn't. I accepted to go and lead worship because I they were going to pay me and I needed it to pay my bills. It was not a spiritual decision. Um, where I was spiritually at the time, um, I was actually at that time I had been at a church, um, and I had stepped out of a staff position at the church, but, um, all the staff drank and I started drinking and, you know, my family history is alcoholism. So it wasn't good for me. It became an everyday thing. Um, and so literally before I had been drinking the night before I showed up at how God moved and what he did was, I'm just telling you, you just can't plan when God's going to do stuff. And I remember even at that camp coming off the stage and getting on my knees and God said, you'll never touch alcohol again. And I said, okay. And that was it for me. And from that moment on, now it was weird when, you know, Brian's talking to me a couple days later and was like, Hey, what's your stance on alcohol? I'm like, well, here's the deal. So for 28 years of my life, I never drank. And then I went to this church and, you know, and you know, he was like, no, I feel like the person that I met that you're so genuine and I get what you're saying. And, um, you know, cause you know, he had been raised by, um, his dad was an alcoholic. And so for a lot of his years. And so, um, that's one reason he wanted to stay away from it. And so I just remember, you know, how God orchestrated it all. And, you know, people argue all the time, is there a perfect one? Is there only one? I'm just saying that the steps of the righteous are ordered. And I think you just have to follow. And it doesn't mean that you can't listen. You know, if a guy, I, I met a guy on the plane one time with a friend of mine and I invited him to church and we went, you know, we went out once. I mean, and then nothing happened from it. I didn't mind going, oh, let me see how this right. would play out. Yeah. But I very quickly knew if something was the real deal. 
because how right. I always knew was they would annoy me very quickly. Like, the, I remember one guy was like, oh, you're having to clean today. I can come and talk to you. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm very much of a people person. Oh, so yeah. I knew if I was pushing them away. And cleaning especially. Like, you yes, want to talk while to, you're cleaning. Yes, 100%. So I knew that something was wrong. But I think there is this thing in society where they almost feel the need, like, I don't know, like, I even saw this in Acts 21.9, like, what was the reason for this? He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. It's like, oh, shocker. <laughs> they're not married and they prophesy. It's like, even back then it was like, look at them, they're unmarried and they're prophesying. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's, even though there's something wrong with them, yeah. they're still, you know, and it's like, no, the whole point is, is that you are a whole person, and and you know I, that's why I cannot stand that scene scene in Jerry Maguire. You complete me. I get what they were trying to say, but if you go into that mindset, that's why, you know, as a single person, you know, I I, I knew okay one day I'm gonna be thinking of somebody else a whole lot. So right now, when I'm only thinking about myself, I can I can have these times with God that I'm not gonna be able to get any other time in my yeah. life. I can do what I want. I can read when I want. I can go to the bathroom when I want and no one's bothering me or shouting at me. No little hands are going under yes, the door. None of like, that, you know? And it's like, that's why you want to enjoy. That's why when we didn't have kids, it was realizing, okay, I really want to enjoy this season. You know, yeah. when you guys came to live with us, it was like, well, wow, I'm really glad we don't have kids because really I can take this time to pour into them. And so it was really just navigating a lot of it and just being happy with the season that you're in. And, you know, seasons do change and we see that. But I don't want to live a life that I'm always, I can't wait till the next season and, right. and, and understand because that's going to happen. Even yes. like when you're single, then they're going to be like, well, when are you going to get a boyfriend? Once you get a boyfriend, well, when are they going to propose? Gonna, yep. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have it's kids? It's always that. When are you going to have your second kid? When yeah. are you going to have your first kid? Yeah. So it's like, it's a constant thing of like, people are just always going to expect you to go to the next level. Yeah. And for whatever reason, singleness makes people really uncomfortable. They like want to see you settled and yeah. I'm like, but I'm fine. And yeah. I'm like, I'm good with where I'm at and who I 100%. am. And I feel like it's it's using the time that you have now to be like, okay, what are, like, and I always look back at this of like, what are your motives for wanting to be married? For me, I was like, well, I want someone who is adventurous, who um, loves doing this and that and this and that or whatever. And God was like, you just described yourself. <laughs> I was like, did I? That's strange because I don't want to marry the exact replica of me. There's only There can only be one me. There should only be one me. The right. two of us in a relationship would be awful. No, yeah. And so it was like my motive for wanting someone was just to like someone to appreciate all that I did and I'm like but I have people in my life who do that I have yeah. people in my life that see me and if they don't see me God sees me yep. so I think it's also like what are your motives for dating and having someone is it not to be alone because you're gonna have moments in your life where you are alone there's gonna be seasons in your life like like what something that really shook me was like man when my mom got married at such a young age and then remarried she was with someone her entire life and she said it like when my dad passed away of like I didn't know who I was. So when your dad passed away, it shook the foundation of who I was because I didn't know who I was. So it's very much like find, find your foundation in God of who you are. Know exactly who you are. Know that you're complete and you're not broken and there's nothing wrong with you being single. And if people are harping on you to get out there and do all this stuff, it's like, you know what? This is my life and this is the decision I've made. This is what I want to do and be confident in that. Something that one of my friends said that I was like, wow, I'm really glad that 
it's perceived that way. She was like, listen, I know that like you have your ups and downs with being single and stuff, but she was like, I never look at your life and think that you're lacking. I never look at yeah. your life and be like that poor thing. She needs to get married as soon as possible. She was like, you're living in such a life of abundance that I don't see it as a lack at all. And I think that's important of, of how do you perceive yourself and how do you see God perceiving you? That's what's important because all the other outside voices do not matter. They no. don't get a say. No. This is your life. You yeah. need to live it how you want to live it. Yeah, and you're not living to please anyone else. And, you know, Colossians 2.10 says, and in Christ, you are complete in him. Yeah. And that is the whole thing. With It, it, it doesn't say once you're married right. or once this is. And, you know, for me, I thought marriage was going to fix my insecurities. Yeah. What it did is expose them. Yeah. Because I was looking for Brian to come in and, oh, because I'm married, because a man wants me, desires me, sees me as beautiful, wants all this, I'm going to feel secure. There was a uh, there was a different type of security that did come with marriage. I'm not going to lie. You do. You feel like, oh, wow, I have somebody to come home to, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. At night, someone is always there. But the insecurity, the inward insecurity is still something that even this year I was like, okay, we are going headstrong in this because Brian cannot heal this. Yeah. Only Jesus can. Yeah. Brian is not going to be able to, you know, he is called to be my helper, not my healer. Yeah. And I think we have to realize that. So are you looking for a relationship or for something to change because you want it to heal you? Things can come in your life that will help you, yeah. but it will not heal those things. So I would say, take a step back. You know, because, I mean, I've watched people, some of the, I mean, we do a lot of marriage counseling. Some of the loneliest people are married people. Right, yeah. I don't meet with single people that are lonely. I'm going to be honest. They yeah. dealt with loneliness. Yep. They've had moments of that. But it is more lonely to be living in a house with someone that you are not comfortable with yeah. or that you are fighting with. You can feel so isolated and so alone. And I've watched people rush into things um, because they just don't want to feel that way. But that... That moment of making a rash decision, people leave jobs because it's like, oh, I just need to change. Yeah. Or they'll leave churches. I just need to feel something different. And it's like, no, you're just doing that for a adrenaline rush yeah. that really is not fixing the problem because yeah. it's an inward issue you need to deal with of you're looking for something else to fix this. And it's not a pill and it's yeah. not this. It's not a person. It's Jesus. Right. I am. It says I am complete because of him. I am okay. brought to fullness because of him. So good. Mm. Love that. So good. Well, I'm glad you had this idea for this one. So how about you end it and tell everybody? <sighs> Your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks.